Consequence Podcast Network. Hey y'all, it's Brittany Spencer, and you're listening to Beyond the Boys Club. I used to be very, very stuck in one genre. I mean, way, way back, I actually come from an opera and musical theater background, but when it comes to popular music, I come from a rock and metal background, and I used to be very much like, I just want to listen to rock and metal, and that's it. But over time, I've developed an appreciation for different genres of music, and now sometimes I find myself just really, really liking music that I never would have listened to. And when I heard the new record from Britney Spencer, it's called My Stupid Life. It is so good. And it's country. I mean, she's a country artist, but hearing this, it's so inspired and it has so many different shades and textures in it. I love it. Just great songwriting and great songs, I think, that will transcend any genre and it makes me want to listen to a lot more country music i just i really love it and i think that you will too very excited to have britney spencer on the show we're gonna dig deep into her new record my stupid life and i also want to hear about her journey into music because this is her first ever full-length record my stupid life and it's got to be so exciting to be experiencing this and it's so good my favorite track off it is called Night In, and it's perfect for all the introverts out there because I'm an only child, so I'm the kind of person that I'm just happy sitting at home, watching cheesy movies, doing whatever, just having fun on my own some nights, and I love it. It is an anthem for all the introverts. Let's get into it with Brittany Spencer right after this. Army and fellow music fans, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany, and we're the hosts of Standing BTS from the Consequence Podcast Network. We're a bi-weekly show that covers the impact and legacy of K-pop group BTS. We mix the perfect blend of research and fangirl as we take a deep dive into lyrics during album reviews, theorize over music videos, and keep up with their current events. No BTS topic is off limits. We welcome everyone into the conversation, whether you're a casual fan, committed ARMY, or someone who's just curious about one of the biggest music groups in the world. Come chat with us every other Thursday with a new episode wherever podcasts are found. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So you have a new album, of course, out, My Stupid Life, which, first of all, I love the title of that. I think that's so funny and so great. So tell me kind of like the inspiration behind that title. The album is is kind of like a bunch of kind of a, a bunch of random artifacts about me, I guess. I've gotten to the the point where I just like in my artistry and, and I guess as a person where I just know a lot of stuff that I kind of think and and experience. I'm just I'm not the only one. And no, I just wanted to finally find a way to put my story into my songs and put it out as a body of work. It's my very first album. So I'm 
I'm really excited and I'm really nervous. I don't know. I hope people more than like me, I hope they kind of just, you know, find a little part of themselves that they find articulated through this album. That would be the greatest gift, I think. I love that. That's so nice. So I want to go back first before we get more into the new record, into your journey into music. So tell me, how did you get involved in music? I read that I think it started in the church. Yeah. So I started singing as a kid in church and then I just wanted to sing everywhere. I ended up going to like art schools all through middle and high school, singing opera in Broadway and kind of being around a whole bunch of like friends throughout the city. You know, Baltimore's like a small, it feels like a small town to me because in the creative community, you kind of just know each other, you know, you know who the singers are. And I knew that I learned that even as a kid, as a teenager, we would just sing all the time. And that was kind of like, I don't know, maybe my most formative years in music, just being with my friends who loved everything. We would bob out to the chicks and then we'd listen to Shania and then we listened to NDRE and John Mayer. And then, and I don't know, we just kind of went across the spectrum and just listened to everything because we were just inquisitive. We were just curious kids and nobody really knows what to do with creative kids, I think. Well, it takes a certain kind of like special adult <laughs> to know what to do with a creative mind that kind of just wanders wild. And so we all just kind of found each other. If we didn't go to the same school, we went to the same church. If, we, if it wasn't that, we lived in a, a similar neighborhood or we knew somebody that kind of brought us together. That was kind of like where I started. It's kind of all over the place a little bit, I guess. Wow. So tell me about how you evolved into the country music. And did you start out doing more gospel because you were in church, for example? Yeah. Like when you're a kid, you do whatever's kind of like there, you know, but I love church. Like I really loved it. Like I was in church several times a week, you know, but that was what was afforded to me as well. If you couldn't afford like, you know, like singing lessons and dance lessons, you know, even though I went to magnet schools, they were public schools. And so my family didn't have like the money for all that stuff. So we ended up just kind of, I don't know, just doing what was kind of there and where we found friends and like, you know, just had people and our families went there. But it was at church where I actually learned about country music. It was my friend Keisha saying, you know, you need to listen to the chicks. And I did. I don't know. I just, I fell in love with them. I wanted to learn more about country music. Because also at that time, I mean, I was like 14 or 15. I didn't know anything about genre. Like I just, honestly, I kind of, I, sometimes I, I wish I could go back to that time a little bit in life where it was just, is it good or not? You know? And as a kid growing up in church, it was like, well, is it gospel or is it, you know, not gospel? I found a lot of stuff in church. It's something that actually really struck out to me with your new record. Even though you're a country artist, I felt like there were a lot of different genres on there. And it was so mm -hmm. great because you just don't get bored listening to it. Thank you for saying that. Oh, my gosh. I wanted to make an album that like had uh, a lot of different. Uh, it's not that I wanted so many styles. It's actually that I just wanted to make something for everybody. You know, it's like it's specific people in my head that I'm like thinking about with certain songs. And I've kind of done that quite a bit, you know, throughout the three years that I've been releasing music. Like I even think about like my song 100 Years Old that was on my, my EP I put out last year. And I was like, I had a, a specific crowd in mind. I wanted just a nice, chill, country, vibey song. I wanted that. I have friends that are that might not listen to country music, but they listen to that. They'll listen to that kind of vibe. And so, I don't know, I, I kind of do that. I'm very driven by not necessarily like what people want, but I'm very driven by what connects us. I'm very driven by that bridge that kind of pulls us all together and, and makes us feel like we have something in common. That's kind of what drives me as a person, but also I'm learning as an artist as well. 
I hope a lot of people understand the album. That's like what I'm kind of thinking about these days while I'm sitting in my apartment putting new Polaroids on my fridge. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I hope people understand it. Because like in my head, I'm you know, we always think nobody understands what in the world is going on in my head. I think we all think that. But um, I think we all, we understand a whole lot more than we give ourselves and each other credit for. I definitely agree. And I also think that, I love what you said about the fact that you weren't trying to make different styles, but you wanted to make something that would appeal to everyone. I think that's a really good way to look at it because I do think, thinking of the people in my life, I can think of a song that would appeal to pretty much anyone, no matter their musical tastes and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a family that like we didn't listen to country music. I found country music because of a friend at like 14 or 15. And so as I'm making records, I'm like, I gotta have something that my family likes too. (laughs) You know, and they love country music. They do. They just, we just haven't listened to it a whole lot. Growing up, we went where we saw ourselves and where we heard our stories. And until now, that's not always been like the case, you know, for people that look like me. And so I don't know. I just have this burning desire to kind of make the songs in my head that sound somewhat a little like some of the stuff that I've heard growing up. But I always wished that like it was somebody that looked like me, you know, that could do a certain run or something or made a lyric that sounded like, I don't know where I came from. And so it's, uh, I don't know, I'm not saying it's never been done before, but I'm just I'm really actually just trying to make the music that I wish I heard. So now you can be an example to other people as well, who are just, who are younger, you know, who are just starting to listen to music. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in what's happening right now, particularly in country music at this this particular time of it. But I'm, I'm more interested in seeing what happens in 10 years, where a lot of things that, that we're kind of innovating now and dreaming up now, how it is just kind of like the norm, you know, in five or 10 years and seeing how people take that and, and make it into their own thing. I don't know. I think that's really cool. I'm very, very interested in seeing sonically kind of what happens with music in general in the next few years. So I read that you actually kind of blew up on Twitter to begin with, with a cover track. Is that right? I did. I I uh, did a cover of Crowded Table by the High Women. I've just, I've been a fan of them for so long and just like their individual careers as well. And when I saw them sing Crowded Table, I think it was on Fallon. I thought it was so cool. Like it was in the middle of the pandemic. Like they were all, of course, like in different locations and they had um, like pre-made a video. And I was living by myself in a studio apartment in uh, in the pandemic. And I've been in Nashville for going on 11 years now. And I don't have family here. Like no one in my family has ever lived in Nashville and they all live far away. And I'm I'm such a, a introvert. And, and so like all my friends, like they either, like the, the few close friends I had here, they'd all left, gone back home or were just kind of in their places too. We weren't really seeing each other. Like even some of them were like nurses and like it just wasn't like okay to like hang out at that time. Why? Anyway, wow. I'm going on a tangent. But um, but when I saw that video, it just, it hit me emotionally, you know? And I heard that song many times before then. But when I watched them sing at that time, it just kind of hit me in a different kind of way because of, you know, everything I just mentioned. I just decided to make a cover of it online and they ended up seeing it. That was that was a wild time. I remember I actually I put it on Instagram first and then I remember the next day I woke up and I was like, Oh, I can hear my brother in my head right now saying, Whatever you post on Instagram, I need to post it on Twitter too. And I was like, gosh, I'm terrible at social media and like remembering stuff and and like wanting to do things. And so I was like, Let me do this now before I forget. And so I did it, literally, because my my brother, I could hear his voice telling me to do it. Uh, as he has so many times in the past. 
and they end up seeing it. Amanda and Mary, they saw it, retweeted it, invited me to come and sing with them, which I did literally almost exactly, exactly one year later, I ended up singing wow. with them in front of 50,000 people. That was a wild time. And now they're just like friends and I love them very much. And they've been so pivotal, I think, in my career, like bringing me out on the road, writing songs together, just being friends, being a sounding board. And I just, I don't take that for granted. I don't know that a whole lot of new artists always get that, you know, where you, you walk into an industry and like, you're, you're not alone immediately. You know, like there are so many times where I've had questions or I've been unsure about something or just needed someone to be a sounding board and they've been, they've been there for me. That's a a huge privilege that I I definitely uh, don't take for granted as an artist and as a person. That's amazing. And does your brother feel like he gets all the credit? (laughs) Because... (laughs) He, you know, he's never said it to me. He's not that kind of person. But I feel like if we had that conversation, he'd be like, oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> totally. That's great. Do you think it's harder to go, quote unquote, viral on social media today than even a few years ago because it's so saturated and now people are out and about more? Gosh, I want to say yes and no. I feel like, well, well one, it's just hard. Like, I think I don't think enough people like really realize like when you go viral, The hard part is like translating that into an actual career outside of the internet. Like that's really hard. Mm -hmm. That's really hard. Like going from like being an internet person where people recognize you for this one video into now being interested in seeing you on tour. And like, that's, that's kind of wild. I feel like I had, like, I I was in the middle of releasing an EP, my first EP at the time when that happened. So like I had things in the works and it just kind of really amplified what I was doing. And so I had like, I guess, ducks in a row. I don't know what the right phrase would be, but I I had something happening, but I didn't expect that at all. I feel like it can be harder to go viral now, but also if you do, the impact of that is is what sometimes I think gets lost. Like you can go viral and then nothing happens. You can go Mm -hmm. viral and then, you know, I, I mean, I've seen people go viral like countless times and they're still trying to, you know, get the, the thing to, to happen outside of social media. And social media is hard. I personally struggle with it. <laughs> Not even just artistically, but personally, like it's just, it's a hard place. Like even just like being vulnerable as a person is hard. And so to constantly do it over and over again, is like, it's not an easy thing. And people who come up with these really cool creative ideas that involve them just being themselves in a very real and, and, and in your face kind of way all the time. Like, I think that's one, I think is really cool if people can do that, but also just kind of being able to to have impact if it happens to you, you know, and find a way to to build off of it and to, to have a career outside of the Internet. If you are uh, an artist, that's hard. It's becoming harder for people to do. That's a great point. How do you use social media to get your music out there and connect with fans? You mentioned that it maybe doesn't come super natural to you, which is hard to believe because when I see your stuff on social media, it's always really cool. But just tell me about kind of your relationship with social media and how you use it. Oh, well, you're so kind. Oh, my God. You make me feel like I'm actually doing something right. Thank you. Oh, well, you are, Don. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Like if I'm being very real, social media is like like I post and then I'm really anxious about it. Or I'm anxious before I even do it. Like I have things that like literally sit on my phone for days at a time. And like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm nervous. I do that. I, I totally just, do that. It just sits on my phone and I'm like, 
oh crap, oh crap. And then I post it and I'm like, oh God, don't look, don't look. Did anybody even see it? Oh God, I hate this. Why? Why? I'm like, I literally, I, I will never forget. There are times where I've gotten off tour, like with like Reba or like Willie Nelson or like Brandy Carlisle or like, or like I just got finished opening up for like Springsteen and the chicks. And then it's time for me to post. And I'm just like, oh, I feel like I'm just so unaccomplished. I just don't <laughs> want to do this. Like it really, it it's it kind of sucks. I don't like it. I I I'm naturally not a a content kind of uh person. And so, like I said, people are great at it. Like I I can't make excuses for myself. Like I like I just it doesn't come naturally to me. It doesn't mean it can't happen. It doesn't mean I'm not progressing in it or or finding new creative ways to go about it. But it's just it's not something that comes naturally to me. And I think the reason why I feel okay to even like say that now. It's because a lot of artists are like that. Most of your favorite artists aren't great with this shit. They don't, like, they're not, like, content creators. They're people mm-hmm. who, like, spend hours and days and weeks and sometimes years digging into their heart and soul and, and their creative brains to figure out, how do I make this three-minute song feel like something? You know, how do I be honest? How do I make something really great and dope and to try to find a way to put that into, like, a flash 30 seconds because everyone's attention span is just like you know three seconds long now it's like that's really hard that's a whole other part of your brain and I have some friends who have done an incredible job of like merging those worlds together for themselves and it's it's really fun to watch it's like a growing pain that's probably the best way that I can describe social media because I love talking to people and I love hearing from people I read a lot of my dms like honestly most of them I read I read comments like I read I'm engaged in all this stuff because I just I like being around people, but that's how I am in person. I'm more of a one-on-one person. I like to go to shows and after I'm done doing my opening set for whoever I'm opening for, I like to go out in the crowd and just hang out and see people and and take photos and, and, and sign things. Like I'm that person. I like to be like with you. Social media makes it very hard to feel like you're with people. I don't know. It's a bit of a challenge for me, but I don't know. We're here. I mean, even this is probably going to be social media content. So it's it's a part of our lives, you know? This is right. We are. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm the same way. Like, I have a bunch of stuff on my phone I've never posted that mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you know, like, I'll try to do a reel or something. And I go, okay, that's going to be a good reel. And then I just chicken out and I just keep it forever. And I I don't know what it mm-hmm. is. I think some people just like, bam, bam, they just don't think about it. And I'm just not like that. Yeah, some people, they just they just crank it out. They don't think about it. And I'm like... I need to overthink about it. I need to drive myself insane thinking about whether or not this is the right decision. And then I get to the point where I don't know if it's yes or no. So I just do nothing. I need, I have to get to that point, unfortunately. And I'm trying to break away from it, but it's so, it's so hard because that's how we are with our art. Like we're so intentional. Like it's, it's so funny sometimes, like, especially being in Nashville, this is such a song town, you know, we're really fixated on lyrics and words and like, I've been in rights where we literally will spend 10, 20 minutes talking about, should it be this or that? Like, like not like metaphorically, like actually, like, should we use the word this or should we use the word that? I don't know. It's, it's stupid, but <laughs> that's what makes us us. That's what makes us so meticulous. That's what makes people great. You know, that's what makes people want to be great is that you're so intentional and you're so particular about what you're saying. You want to make it the best and the most honest that it can be. And so it's kind of hard to turn that off when it's like, oh, hey, it's time to, you know, crank over a 30 second 
you know, video that potentially thousands or millions of people right. will watch. Like right. that's, that's so hard to like grasp because in real life, if I know that many people are going to watch me, I'm going to rehearse. You For know, sure. I'm going to get with the band. We're going to rehearse. We're going to, we're going to prep. We're going to do all, the, all sorts of things. I'm going to have creative calls. We're going to do all that we can to get, get right for that 40 minute slot that we're doing on tour. But you, you know, you can't really do that for a 40 second video. And so it's, I don't know, it's just another part of your brain. And I'm talking about it so much, but really in my head, all these thoughts happen within like 15 seconds. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. So my favorite track on the new record is Night In. Ooh. I love it because I'm like an introvert, you know, I'm just like every night I'm cool, just like hanging out <laughs> and, you know, so tell me, I would love to hear about kind of the inspiration behind that one. Night in is because we need one. Like me and my friend, Jessica, we started the song together. We were like in her house or in her apartment. We we're like, she had made us this great meal. And this was like our first hang outside of a studio or songwriters room. We were like, we want to be friends outside of music. And then we get together and we do music. And then it's, <laughs> and it's, it's so funny. It's uh, we just, we were like, we just need a night in. We don't need to go out. We don't need to like figure out what place to go to. Or like, we actually just need to be in a house and we need to watch Gorilla DeVille and we need to like, you know, cook some salmon or something. And, uh, and so that's where we started that song. It was really just, we just wanted to make a cute little song for the introverts because the extroverts always have the fun like dope ass rocking ass totally. songs like they always get like the hyper energetic songs and I'm just like but well, what happens when like you really feel this way but about being home like imagine <laughs> pajamas like that's exciting you know running from room to room doing stupid crazy things and uh and so that's kind of where that song came in and uh recording it was really fun recording it I remember uh looking at my producer Daniel Tash and it was like can we just have the drums and a guitar do like, bah, 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 bah. I was like, can we do that? Like, it just, it made me feel like, uh, like the movies I watched as a kid that I love. It made me feel like, uh, like 10 things I hate about you. 
it made me feel a little bit like, um, I mean, not exactly like not sonically, but like Save the Last Dance, all those like teen boppies that I love so much. It made me feel like that when I got the the nerve one day to, to finally text Marin and was like, do you want to sing on this song? She was like, yeah, I like the lyric. Let's do it. So we uh, we went to the studio. We did it. And then I ended up drafting some of my other friends. I was like, well, <laughs> Mickey Guyton and Abby Cole and Fancy Hager, like, would you guys want to do like this phone call thing with me? Like, you know, just like- I was going to ask about that. The, the track before it is yeah. like this phone call. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm listening into some fun conversation. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think my favorite part is that it's literally just us like arguing over whether or not to go out. <laughs> <laughs> so real. <laughs> and that's, that's literally what happens though. Me and my friends were like, okay, all right, let's bargain. All right, if we don't go out, we can do this. But if we go out, then like, you know, I don't know, I'll pick you up or something. Like the, we, we have to bargain with each other, you know, if we, act, if we actually are going to like go out. And so I just, I liked how real it felt. And it was, um, I don't know, this whole album is just like a wonderful nerve wracking process for me. And I stretched myself in so many ways. I'm like, I asked my friends to be a part of it. I asked my friends to sing on it, to to do a little skit with me on it. I, I like, I don't know, I was in the middle of recording and touring at the same time. Um, there were times where like we'd be in a studio and Daniel would say, um, actually, for musical purposes, I think we actually need to elongate this verse. That's actually what we did on night in. He's like, I think we need to like make this verse a little longer. So can you write some more words? I was like, okay, all right, cool. So I'm just like writing on the spot and it was fun. It was nice and stretching. I was I was so exhausted most of the time. And uh, I think I think it ended up working out where it's just, I don't know, it feels way more raw. It feels way more honest. Even as I listen to some of these songs, like you can hear, like I thought some of these vocals were going to be demos and they end up being like the final take because it has so much emotion in it. I will argue the emotion was exhaustion. But when I listen to it, I'm like, it sounds like how I feel though. It does something for the lyric. It heightens the lyric in a way that's that's really cool. And I kind of like that. I want to be a person that, I don't know, the lyric sounds the way you think it should you know, or the way you think it feels. Mm-hmm. I think that helps you like feel the emotion too with the music. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm a Virgo. I'm such a perfectionist. I'm a, I'm a one wing two on the Enneagram. I'm very, very um, aware of how critical and how perfectionist I try to be. And I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I'm just like throwing myself in the water. I just want to, I want to rough some shit up. Like I, I'm trying to intentionally protest perfectionism. Like I just think it's whack. And I think, it serves its purpose when it comes in play. It helps you to try and be the best that you can be. But I, I don't know. I just, if it's, if it's a rough lyric, it should sound rough. Yeah. You know, if the lyric makes you want to cry, then you should just fucking cry. If it, if it's a heartbreaking lyric, I think it should sound that way. And so I was really proud of myself for stretching myself on this record. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's It's hard to just be vulnerable, not just in, the lyrics that you write or even in how you present a project, but just allowing your voice, you know, allowing your instrument to sound as flawed as you feel. That's, that's actually hard, I think. And, um, but I'd rather be there in that space. I'd rather be honest. I'd rather be real, even if it's wrong. I think that vulnerability is really beautiful and people can relate to that. And I think if it's a vulnerable lyric, getting that across and the emotion and the cracking of the voice or whatnot, I agree. It might not be perfect, but it's it's perfect for that moment. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. 
No, it does make sense because I think being real is what is the ultimate like connector, I think, of people. Mm-hmm. Like I think about like even in my like my life, like I don't want to be friends with somebody who's always right. I want to be with I don't want to be friends with somebody who's trying, trying their best and they get it wrong, but they follow their heart. They did the thing that they thought was the right move and it was it wasn't. It they made a mistake. Something happened. It was failure, you know. I just I'd rather be with those people, you know, who are just trying to make the best of life and and live a full life. And I just think if you're always aiming to have all the answers and do everything right and to try and be as perfect as you can be, I think that that gives you half a life. And I don't want that. I don't want to do some wrong shit. I want to make mistakes. I want to do all kinds of now. I don't want to make a habit of it. Like, I don't want to be like living life feeling like everything has just been one giant mistake. But I, I do want to make a lot of mistakes because I feel like they, they take you to where you actually want to go. You know, you tried, you took a risk, you know, and even if you failed, at least you did the thing that you really, really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You tried. And I yeah. think that, that, that accounts for something. And those people are way more fun anyway. Shit, if we can make some mistakes together... It sounds fun. It's so fun. I'm I'm I, there. <laughs> yes. I would much rather do that. Like, hell, if it's the wrong path, at least we have fun trying to find our way back. <laughs> I, I agree. I relate. Sometimes people talk about regrets in life. And sometimes I look back and I wish I'd made more mistakes in some areas. Mm-hmm. That I could have had more fun Absolutely. or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Gosh, the amount of times like I think about that. Like, I mean, I, I've lived my life being like, a risk taker and that and I it's kind of hard for me to say that because I, I never viewed it as that but the reality is I've literally given my entire life to pursuing music and then not only just like music but I decided to pursue a genre where I didn't really see a lot of people like me and it's a gamble I've been here for 11 years it's an absolute gamble and honestly I wake up most days being shocked at what's happened with my career and also being like well, I got to do this. I got to work on this. I got to get that. This needs to be changed. This isn't right in the industry. I got to do this. And I got like in my head, it's like that, that, that push and pull of, all right, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to give it my all. Also, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like <laughs> that's, that's life, you know? And that's kind of, I don't know. That's, that's kind of been my, my compass. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's calculated risk. I don't know. But I just, I feel like that just, like, I wouldn't choose anything else. I wouldn't want to do anything else. I want to sing. I want to write songs. I want to connect with people. I want to do all sorts of things. I want to be the face of a beauty brand. I want to do, I want to do some really cool things. Who knows if this stuff will actually happen? But I do want to say I gave it my all and I tried. And I thought even if I didn't think I could make it, I at least had the guts to just give it a shot. And it's already happening. So yeah. you're already getting a good payoff for taking that calculated risk as you say and no it's exciting so just enjoy it and I'm actually wondering um you know you've been here 11 years you mentioned did you ever feel pushback like being a woman in the industry it's hard because it's both like I always feel pushback like being a woman I always feel the tension maybe is probably a word I would describe it as you you constantly I feel like you are reminded that you are a woman that you look the way that you look that you are um there's not that many people that look like you that are, that are, you know, going to the, the highest part of the mountain right now. And it doesn't mean it hasn't happened. doesn't mean that it can't, but I just 
constantly feel like I'm, I constantly feel like a plus size black woman in Nashville. And that's not even just a music thing in general. I constantly feel that. And I find that when I'm reminded of that, that means that something is happening here that makes me feel like who I am has a limit on it, a limitation of how far you can go, what you can do, or, you know, if you can even go as far as someone else. And so it's, it's hard. I try, I'm trying desperately hard to not focus on it so much. I acknowledge it's there. It's definitely there. But I have to feel hopeful about something. Otherwise, if I don't have no hope, I'm just not, you know, I don't know. It'd be like social media. I'm not posting for a week. <laughs> it's, it'd be like that sort of situation. The good news is that it's not hard to find hope. It's not hard to find hope, especially like in the regards of what you just talked about, being a woman in this town. It's not hard because there's so many women who feel the same exact way. It's not hard to find hope, but it's also not hard to find that ceiling, that feeling of otherness, maybe, you know, you feel like an other, like it's, it's not hard to find that either. Honestly, if I let it, it can send me spinning, like mentally and emotionally, it can send me spinning because it's like, well, crap, you just feel stuck. I don't know, it's just, it can, it can feel that way sometimes. In the country music realm, I feel like, because I interview a lot of women in different genres and I'm from the rock and metal world. And in the rock and metal world, it's really an anomaly. Even now it's better, but to be a woman making that kind of music. And on the outside, it looks like in country, oh, there are so many more women doing this sort of thing. But I'm wondering if on the inside, if there is kind of that feeling that there are a lot of women in country, but maybe a lot of them like have to fit a certain mold. Oh, it's absolutely that. I think a lot of people feel the pressure to, I mean, even with a lot of women, I've talked to like some of my female friends, they feel pressure to write songs that men and women like. I hear songs sometimes and I'm like, this is a guy song that a girl is singing and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not mad at it. Mm -hmm. I get it. I just, I know people have that pressure right. or have the pressure to make something more middle of the road country and not do that really cool, innovative thing that they just wrote, you know, a few weeks ago that they really love. It might be a little too off center. Or, I mean, there's not a lot of women who have uh, topped the country charts this year without it being a duet with a guy. Like, that's mm -hmm. a very real thing. Mm -hmm. People talk about it a lot behind the scenes. They don't necessarily talk about it publicly all the time. I guess that feels risky. Even addressing it feels risky sometimes to right. people. Just even saying the thing. Me personally, I ain't got shit to lose. I'm having a great time. And I already feel like if I make it, it's like that's an anomaly in itself. And I want it to not be, you know, if I were to really like go as far as I want to in this genre, like the first thing on my brain is how do we make sure that this isn't like a one-off? How, how do we make this so it's not an anomaly and it's not on like I can't do anything. I can only do what I can do. And that's too much pressure to put on one person. But I'm also learning. I think the industry might feel like it's too much to put on industry, too. I mean, we've been talking about this for a really long time and I'm the new person in the game. You know, the thing that I don't want to do is go to somebody's house and then, you know, immediately start rearranging furniture. Like, you can't do that, you know? Like, I do want to be honest and say, it's actually, you know, discouraging to watch because it's bigger than music. It's much bigger than than the songs that we're putting out. It's it's how people see themselves reflected in the world. It's about people feeling like their stories actually matter. And if you're constantly seeing women reflected in this way, the messaging is that, that we don't hold as much value. And that's just not true. That's just not true at all. I don't know what to do about it. And so I'm just sitting here making songs. I don't know, talking to you, drinking my protein shake. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just 
I'm just trying to keep my head down and, and do what I got to do because I have to give this a chance. Like, I really have to give it a fighting chance. This is my first album that's about to come out. I want to give it all I've got. I'm trying. And I know a lot of people are trying. I know a lot of women, particularly in this industry, in this town, are trying. I think that by you just putting out this record and being very honest with your music and writing the kind of music that you want, I think that right there is the best thing that you can do, really. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think so. You know, I I think so. I think at the forefront of my brain always is I do a lot of like advocating and I talk about a lot of like social issues and I talk a lot about what I think about the world, you know, and the world around me, uh, whether it's, you know, what's going on out in the world right now, world issues, or if it's like what's going on in the world of country music or, you know, in my world, how do you feel as an artist? Like I try to be aware of all that stuff and I try to advocate for a lot of things. Um, but also I, I think I really try to make good music. Like to me, that's like really important, you know, advocating is great. I also need to put out great songs. And so I'm trying my best. <laughs> I'm trying to be honest. I'm trying to be creative. I'm trying to be fun. I'm trying to be real. And I'm also just trying to be really good because music is my first love. Music is my absolute first love in life. And I just, I want to give it the proper respect and diligence that I think it deserves. Like I really do this for the art of it. Mm-hmm. Like if there was no money involved, I would, this is what I would do for the rest of my life. I respect the art form. I respect country music. I respect storytelling. And I respect a lot of the women who who taught me how to do it, you know, just by hearing their songs for years. And so when I'm speaking up, when I'm advocating, I'm saying, no, you don't understand. Women in music like, like changed my life, like in, in many ways saved my life, you know, particularly in country music, but in a lot of other genres as well. Like you say you come from punk world, like I, I remember like listening to like Paramore so much. I remember listening to Evanescence and um, gosh, I'm just, I'm into it. You know, I'm inspired. Elaine is more set. Like I'm inspired by, by a lot of these genres, genres, Grace Jones. Women have seen the day many times. I agree. And maybe that's why listening to your record, even though I'm definitely more of a rock and metal and, and pop background, like it's still super appealed to me. So probably the genre that I've least listened to the past 10 years is country, but it didn't matter. I just was drawn to the music and probably because you seem to appreciate all different kinds of music. I really do. I really, really do. I feel like music is that word again. Music is a great connector. Whatever genre helps you feel seen, I love it. You know, there is a genre, there is a style that helps people articulate the mess that's in our heads that help tell the stories that we thought we'd never get to see on a big screen or on a big platform. It's bigger than the song. It's culture, you know? It's about feeling like you're with your people. You know, it's, it's more than a concert. It's about feeling like you're at home for us, even if it's just an hour or two, feeling like you're with people that get you. Like, I remember being a receptionist and a barista and working at juice bars and And sometimes being like, no one here is like me. We all come from different backgrounds. We're all having a great time. But like, it's like, how many times have we gone to places and we felt like I don't belong here or I don't want to be here. And it's not just always a job. For me, it was always like, I'm the only one like me. That's not fun. You know, so it's more than just a concert. It's about going to this show and hearing this person sing words that are in your language too. And then the person next to you, this is their language and you're all just talking the same thing. Like that's, that's beautiful. And I think that, I think music does that for a lot of people. And uh, 
don't know, I just don't take it for granted, no matter what the genre is. Wherever you find the song that speaks to your soul, that's a gift. Brittany Spencer, thanks for being an awesome guest on Beyond the Boys Club on Consequence. I love how you can just tell that everything comes from her heart. And I could tell that just even listening to this record. But what I love is talking with her face to face. I can just tell that she's so passionate about the music and she's doing it for the right reasons. And everything that she writes is straight from her heart and soul. And I think that's why it appeals to such a wide range of people. If you haven't heard the new record yet, My Stupid Life, check it out because it rocks from front to back. And I cannot wait to hear what is next for Britney. I think that my favorite part of this was kind of talking about social media. I thought it was the only one on the planet who has a bunch of stuff on my phone that I made purposely to put up on social media. And then I just kind of chickened out of it. I've got videos, photos, just random stuff. And it's funny, I keep it on my phone in case I ever change my mind. But I thought everyone else seems to just kind of post and not think much of it. But that was so fun to talk with her, someone who's actually gone viral on Twitter for that cover track. And to hear that she has that same kind of struggle with social media and that it's not supernatural to her either. The whole chat with Brittany was great. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did. Stan Erickson on Beyond the Boys Club on Consequence. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks for being here. You rock. Until next time, keep rocking. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.